Sarah McPhee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This my, is fun. My absolute pleasure. Now, you were just saying um, you got to mix up with your name. You're not Irish. You're not Scottish. Yes, not Scottish. I'm actually German. There was a mix up like on my dad's side of the family way back. I think it was like my great, great, great grandfather died. And then the woman he was married to, well, they had a kid and then he died. And then the woman he was married to remarried and then changed the kid's name to McPhee. Yeah, right. And that was then my family line. Okay, the McPhees yeah. without any lineage to the Scots. Yeah, because we're technically German. We found that out. That's all right. The royal family's German secretly. Well, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, it's just, you're just part of that lineage. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm really royal. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> <coughs> oh, I've got a cough. Don't worry, I'm not dying. Yeah, but, um, please don't die. I mean, I was going to go right back to the beginning because you said you're a horse girl through and through, but I kind of want to start with how you started being a producer during yeah. the pandemic because you yeah. graduated, was it a master's degree? At it was my post-grad. Post-grad. Yeah. At, I was going to say Juilliard, but it's not. The, it's the Stella Adler Art of Acting Studio Yeah, in brilliant. LA. Yeah. What was that like going there from there? From Excelsior, yeah. <laughs> this tight Christian yeah. university, which probably did both of our heads in, um, mm-hmm. to suddenly this Stella Adler, which is such a name. Yeah, it was incredible. I feel like I had to kind of unlearn Bad everything habits. I had learned at Excelsior, not to bash Excelsior. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. No one's going to hear this. <laughs> um But yeah, I will say, I really will say I studied at Adler. Like I won't even credit Excelsior. (laughs) I met some cool people at Excelsior. That's about it. That's what you make some lifelong friends and some of the teachers are to die for. But my gosh, that place did my head in. Yeah, teaching's not great. Um, But so Stella Adler, what was like the biggest thing that you had to unlearn, to relearn? um, The American accent. You've got a bit of American accent yeah, now. Yeah, everyone, everyone literally is like, are you American? I'm like, no. But then my Americans think I'm Australian yeah. and then Aussies think I'm American. So it's just an identity crisis. <laughs> I don't know where I'm from, but just it, whatever comes out, that's what I sound like. Um, but yeah, I realized when I got over there, because we had to take um, general American, like anyone that had any other accent. Um, and they were like, everything is wrong like what I thought I had learned they were like no this is actually the right placement this is and I was like oh my god I'm oh so no so dude. Catherine didn't teach us properly <laughs> yeah. you just called her out it's okay <laughs> no one knows her last name so I'll keep it a secret damn <laughs> yeah I was like it's wrong it's all wrong so that was rough um but yeah the Adler technique is a lot of like imagination she kind of combined um imagination with the method like she didn't like the method but then there were other um i think she did stanislavski as well um so she kind of combined all these um different techniques and it's very much about like imagination which i really loved and resonated with so if you were given a script right now (coughs) and you had to break it down using like imagination in terms of um the emotions that you're trying to feel or your objectives, like break down imagination versus the other techniques. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of creating the world of the character. Mm. Um, so like really creating like, what is their backstory? Like 
where did they live? What was their childhood like? Like right down to we had to there was one exercise where we had to create literally their childhood home and like live in it and create the space and like this is where my yeah. mother would cook or relationship with your parents, like all of those things, like all of it that like you as a person, like you have living in you. Yeah, yeah. We had to create for the characters. Um and then we would do like whatever the scene was, we would spend a lot of time on what's the moment before. Mm. Like what has just happened? Like what are you coming in to this moment? Did it work for holding? you? Holding. It did. Yeah. More than I think anything else. Like Meisner I did not connect with. Yeah, okay. <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah, Adler was definitely, I think it was like, oh, I found like a technique that, as an actor mm. that kind of resonated with me, I guess, as a person. Okay. Yeah. I remember when I was, this came from um, a friend of mine that I literally just had like a 20 minute conversation with and I haven't seen him since, but he dropped this bombshell for me, which was uh, Ivana Chubbuck. Do you know her? She's an LA practitioner as well. I've heard the name. But it was, well, it's kind of like that sense memory stuff, but she would sit down with you. So he was a student of hers. He then was working on a film. We just started talking. And what he said was, find those moments that are real for you. Then close your eyes and go through that moment. So there's a, uh, I'm not an actor anymore, so I can tell my moment, but you're meant to never tell anyone what those moments are. Mm. So the trigger is always there. Mm. And it was the last time I saw my friend before she got on a cruise ship and unfortunately through depression decided to take her life. Mm. And she came from Singapore, flew at Sydney, said, babe, I'm in Sydney. I'm about to hop on a cruise ship. I want to see you. And we spent the day in like the the park, just Mm. chilling, relaxing. And so I had to do a performance and I went through that. And Ivana Chibuk says, it's not the emotions of what you felt when you're with the person go through what was the color of the grass mm. what did she smell like when you hugged her was her hair out of place or um were there bird noises mm. and you go through all of these different things and suddenly you see the white shirt that she was wearing and then you start crying mm. and it was the white shirt mm. that triggers the thought process and it has nothing to do with what you'd think it would be like this is my last time I was with her before it's like no it's the the way that she held me for that one second before you said goodbye or or whatever. Yeah. Um, Which I think would be quite bloody daunting for anybody who doesn't want to be an actor to go through. Like, why would you put yourself through that crap? Yeah, I mean, it's acting is literal, like literally emotional manipulation. You're literally manipulating your own emotions to like do something at a certain moment. So that people can sit in the audience (laughs) and pay you money to lose your shit on a daily basis. Literally. But I think that was the other thing I really loved about a lot of the um, teachers at Adler. As much time as they spent putting you into a certain emotional state, they would spend even more time getting you out of it. Yeah. How important is that? Yeah. Oh, the most important, which at Excelsior I never got. No. Never. (coughs) Excuse me. Your excuse. Uh, um, I don't know if that's because the teachers just didn't know how to pull you out of it. Yeah. Or at the same time, their hands were bound and they wouldn't actually let us 
get into an emotional state because it was a oh. Christian university yeah. and you weren't allowed to do anything. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point. But yeah, that was something that I was very grateful for. Like just so many techniques of how to like get out of an emotion. Like we would, uh, there was one, um, she was my favorite. Her name was Jane. I love her. Um, shout out. Um, but yeah, she would have us, you would like press up against a wall and like imagine all the emotion, all the energy like coming through your hands and you're putting it into the wall. Yeah. And like you can like scream or do whatever. And it's only when like you cannot like physically push anymore that you like release. Okay. So it was one technique she would take us through. Or we would have like dance parties. Sometimes she just <laughs> would put like music on and we would literally have a dance party for like half an hour at the end of class. Yes. Which was great. There's, um, <coughs> excuse me. There's a hilarious story. One of the girls who was playing Rizzo in Greece, oh, one yeah. of the productions maybe about five, six years ago. Yeah. Her routine was a uh, long neck of beer waiting in her dressing room. So as soon as she came off stage, hot shower, she'd chug a long neck of beer and be like, I'm good. I love that. She's back. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, I'm back. I'm so back. badass. I'm I like, love I that. love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I love that so much. So what was your favorite then? Like to kind of snap yourself out of it? Snap myself Or do you out. just do different every time? Yeah, I feel like that was different. I'm trying to think of, it's been years now since I've acted. Since we've acted. Yeah, since we've acted. So true. Oh my gosh. Um, there was one role, I think probably my favorite show that I did at, at, at Adler. I was a prostitute crack addict. <laughs> and it was so fun. Like yeah, I loved her. It's the contradiction to yeah. you. You're not oh, like completely. that at all. Not at all. Um, but it, it was so fun. But like on, the character was very much like on the outside. She's like super doesn't care I mean she was also homeless so like doesn't care like gets with whoever does all the drugs but underneath is just like this tortured human being so like had to have all this uh, stuff like bottled up and like hidden through the whole play and then it like exploded um but at the end of it I used to like wash my hair and it was like literally like washing her like off mm. and then I used to like say I used to have music that I would play that I was like this is me yeah. Like I'm connecting to me. So I wonder if like it would be fun for people, you know, therapy is one way in which the general public can get rid of baggage. Mm. I swear they should just go do acting do classes acting. <laughs> and be given a really traumatic role to play. <laughs> like, I don't know, like your character. Yeah. And then be taught these techniques of getting rid of the baggage, yeah. you know, and then apply it to their own lives. Yeah. I don't know. It might be fun. Yeah. I honestly think everyone should be an actor. It's, or, or do like an improv class or improv something. Improv class, yeah. You know, everyone should do that. It's like super freeing as well. Definitely. Yeah. I was going to so segue because you haven't actually been an actor for a while. And yes. that's because you're now a producer yeah. and you created a company called LA is not real or Hollywood's not real? Los Angeles Los doesn't Angeles exist. Los Angeles doesn't exist. I was so far off. You know, you got close. I've got notes in front of me <laughs> on this bloody iPad, but I choose not to look at it because I'm just like, I'm too scared to break eye contact. That's fine. I haven't learned how to look at look. notes and read stuff Even yet. though no one can actually see us. No one can, yeah, but you can. And Very I'm trying cool. to be so professional. It's fine. So, um, was it Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles doesn't exist. It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, I'm fascinated by that name, but tell me, tell me, tell me how this how that adventure happened. happened. Um, 
Jeez, so much. I think I went through a little bit of an identity crisis in 2019. So I was at Adler and just, I don't know, was like losing the draw to acting. Yeah. Which is very weird when you've moved across literally the world. To pursue it. Um, And I felt like it was something that kind of like evolved slowly where I was like, oh, this doesn't have the same draw for me anymore. It was kind of like the best way I kind of knew how to kind of articulate it was it was like I had been like looking at my life like if it was a painting like through a magnifying glass but I didn't know that there was a magnifying glass there and someone came along one day and removed the magnifying glass and all of a sudden it was like you could see everything yeah I could see this huge painting and I was like oh my gosh there's just so many more things that I want to do and I I still love acting but I realized acting was like this little tiny part of this painting that was just like so much bigger. And so that kind of got me, I guess, down the path of producing and realizing that like I wanted, what I really wanted to do was tell stories and to produce you have so much more power over that. Power. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So basically I'm just a power junkie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I, I honestly like, just started researching and teaching myself how to produce yeah how to produce and then 2020 happened and it was me and three of my friends um from Adler we just were like look no one we can't sit around and wait for people to give us a chance like Hollywood literally shut like it was non-existent um and three of us were international so three of us were on visas and so we knew we just had to do it ourselves. So the three of them had actually created Los Angeles Doesn't Exist. And then I came on board mm-hmm. um, kind of the beginning of 2020. And then that's just what we did. We just started making short films and like taught ourselves literally how to shoot, how to film, how to produce, how to direct, like all of it. Um, and I think we've made, we have, I think our seventh is in post-production right now. So, so short film or feature? Short. That's still sick. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I feel like LA, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, because I was only there for like four months, but you've got more resources and more people who are passionate, not yeah. passionate, but just willing to jump on a project and make something happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's potentially cheaper. I don't know. Is it? Mm, I don't know if it's cheaper. I think I will say what I've noticed coming back to Sydney mm. is there's more people Yes, there's a lot more people and resources in LA, but I think there's more people in Sydney that are willing to just like help you out for free. Mm. Like people I think are more just like willing to, like they just want to be a part of it. They just want to like meet people or get on a set. Um, Whereas in LA people are like, this is my rate. Yeah, of course. Because there's like a million other jobs that they could do. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that, but seven. So you're up to seven. Yeah, so I'm counting correctly. And um, one's in post-production. Post-production, as yeah. Been in post-production for like a year, but it's getting there. Yeah, that's what happens. It's getting there. What's it about? It's about a family um, and the drama of family. A lot of secrets come out. There's yeah. a family member passes away and then the will um, reading reveals a lot of hidden hidden secrets within the family. It's very, um, I don't know if you saw Knives Out. Yes. 
it's kind of like that. Great. Kind of, yeah. Bit of fun. It is a little bit of fun. Very dramatic. So now that you're in, okay, so you're waiting for your visa to go through so that you can actually get back to America. Yeah. Uh, the other internationals in the same boat or are they in LA still? No, they're still in LA. So they still got that opportunity. Yeah, so one of them, two of them actually got married. Um, so the, there's four of us, three of us are internationals and one of us, one of them was American. So two of them got married and then um, the other one went back to be a student. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. I was going to ask you about your relationships, but that's like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, With the jobs that you're doing now, though, back in Australia, because I saw that you were doing one with Christelle, a friend of ours. Um, How's that going? You straight into it. You literally hit the ground running and now you're back here busting out. That's exciting. Um, Yeah, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Um, Yeah, the one that we just finished, literally delivered it to um, the theatre that it's premiering at today, which was fun. Congrats. Thank you, thank you. So um, now that you've got that massive, like you, you took a step back and you can see the bigger picture, mm-hmm. you're not limiting yourself, like how hard was it for you to learn all of these things? Or do you think because you were in LA you were perfectly positioned to trial and error? And yeah, I think... The pandemic also, I mean, it was horrific, but also a good thing that came out of it, I think for me or for us was that like, we had so much time Mm. to like, just play and like experiment and teach ourselves. And like, there were so many projects that we did that we were like, well, that didn't work. Like, yeah, what was the learning curve? Oh, so many, so many things. (laughs) (laughs) There was one film we did. Um, we filmed with a chicken, like a live chicken, which just don't do that. (laughs) Don't work with animals. Don't Don't work with with kids. We were like, it'll be fine. And it's a chicken and it just had to walk in a line and it didn't want to do that. And we were out in this huge field, like up north of LA. There were all these, um, it was like famous for all, I don't know if you've seen the photos of all those poppy fields, Mm, like mm. up near Lancaster, up north. Beautiful. Um, but then it was in winter so it was freezing and there was like huge like the wind was insane we were getting literally blown around and we had this chicken that wouldn't cooperate and it was just a mess we were like what are what are we doing what are we doing and then like because the wind the sound was a nightmare in post to try and figure out yeah so there were just a lot of little things that we just were like okay lesson for next time but now you're Am I right, working on a feature film? Like you're getting ready, like putting pitch decks together? And yeah, so the film um, that we just finished with, Crystal, um, it's a three-minute short, so um, we're intending to use that as part of like the pitch. Your sizzle reel. Yeah, sizzle reel um, for funding to get the feature. That's so exciting. Yeah, which is fun. Do you yeah. find, though, like now that you're the producer... Do you enjoy all that side of stuff? Like the paperwork, the putting it together, the submitting to the funding agencies and the bodies and yeah, all of that? You enjoy that? I actually love all of that. Like I love a good schedule and like budgeting and like, yeah, like lists. I love all that. I like get high on that stuff. <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I think that stuff's really exciting. And I love being a part of, 
like seeing all the stages that a film goes through, like from conception to like all the way through to then like it going out into the world. Like I feel like the projects that I do or the films that I do honestly are like my kids that yeah. I'm like, I see them from birth all the way through like adulthood and then they're out in the world. Like, um, so I love all of that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's all a part of it. About yes. success. So success, what does success look like? to you so far I mean you're just starting out with this career and stuff but Mm. do you put value in getting a film made you know the fact that it actually gets greenlit or do you Mm. put it in the people that you actually have around you who are passionate or is it something completely different for you um I think definitely more the latter um something my mentors in LA really instilled in me is if you put success on something external you will be disappointed every single time. Um, and I think success to me is really living in purpose, no matter what that looks like. You know, if like every day that can look different. If like today I woke up and like I just went for a walk and that fulfilled, you know, a need or something in me that I lived in purpose today and that's success. Yeah. Um, or if, you know, I'm on a big set and I got to be a part of creating a really cool story and that was living in purpose for that day then that's successful um but yeah definitely like this last film um I really set out as the first film that I directed and so that was definitely throwing myself into the deep end because I wasn't meant to be directing it was kind of like a within it was like two weeks out from production and things fell through and it was like oh I I'm directing cool um, and it was very much a like, oh, okay, I think this is how it was meant to be the whole time. Um, but it definitely was throwing myself in, into the deep end. Um, and I really set out to be super intentional of like, okay, what am I setting out to achieve with this film? You know, and it was, it was to meet people in Sydney and to learn directing. And so I did those things, no matter the outcome of the film or if it has big success or whatever I have already achieved the things that I set out to do with the film and got to tell a really beautiful story with my best friend yeah you know so um yeah I think it's really important to set success internally and not connect it to something yeah externally I agree with that 100 percent I think I'm quite at peace with the fact that I'm definitely way behind to what I thought I was going to do Mm. in terms of the industry mm. but the only reason I'm at peace about it is because every single day I'm waking up and I'm just doing one thing for myself because it's what I actually need yeah and then you have those eureka moments where you suddenly sit down and you start writing your script and it's all just coming out yeah and you give yourself a break yeah and don't beat yourself up yeah and I think also that's something I've wrestled with too is this like elusive timeline quote unquote yeah. of like you should be here by this age. Like, who made up these rules? Rich people. Right? <laughs> Entrepreneurs exactly. who are millionaires by now. Exactly. And so it's like we're all striving or this, like, hustle, grind culture, quote, unquote, um, to, like, be at a certain point by a certain age. And, like, it's these impossible expectations and standards that, like, you, you're setting yourself up for a disappointment and for failure, you know, like... Yeah. I think it's, yeah, going back to that, it, it has to be set internally for you and your life and not like what's the timeline that everyone else is saying I should be meeting. 
I just don't think I would be ready. Yeah. If I look back at 15 years ago and I had tried to do what I'm doing now, yeah, I don't think I'd emotionally or mentally be ready to handle any of it. Oh, no. Now I feel like I'm just coasting, not mm. coasting in a negative way, like it's actually quite easy to do what I'm doing because mm. I can bear the amounts of stress that I'm under. I can cope with it. Yeah. No way I would have been able to cope with it even two years ago. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, same. No way. No. No, no way. Especially, like, going into producing. Uh, if I was doing this, like, a few years ago, there's no way, like... Meltdowns every two seconds. Yeah, oh, my gosh. And, like, you really have to be... Like, it sucks, but there really still is a stigma, you know, for women in powerful positions. A lot of producers or executives are males, are men. And so you walk into rooms How of... interesting. ...of men that look down on you because you're a woman. Because I've had, like, for the last two years, mm. everyone's been... Um, female producers yeah, and like the line producers that I've been working under, all female. I love that. You know, and the whole team of execs, mm. female. Mm. Um, so I was kind of just like tilting my head yeah. going, yeah, this is normal. I don't know what anyone yeah. and everyone's on about, but that's just because I've only seen that side of these companies and production companies I've been working with. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, I grew up with just my mom in my life. So that's I'm just like... Yay, women. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't get it. I don't have a mentality that knows anything else yeah. other than strong, powerful women. Yeah. But I just see individuals and I'm just like, go for it, go. Yeah, completely. I think it's slowly, slowly changing, but especially in Hollywood, you know, all, right. all the studio heads, executives, big producers, they're men, you know. It's very rare that it's like for every however many men, there's like one woman that's a producer or, or an executive, especially. But you're saying, you know, they kind of look down at you like, uh, yeah. yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, and I think there's no way, yeah, going back to, like, if I was stepping into producing a few years ago, I would I would have fallen apart. Like, there's no way I would have been able to stand on my own two feet and be like, I don't deserve that treatment. Good. Like, yeah. you know, whereas, like, yeah, moving into it now, I, you know, everything happens in its own timing. A hundred percent. So, I, yeah, I'm really feeling that, I think, recently too. I think for, like, <coughs> standing up for yourself, I've had moments where I've um had directors and stuff give me a mouthful. Mm. And if they tried to do that now in recent times, I've even a couple of weeks ago I have people trying to put me down, I put them in their place straight away. But yeah. I used to just keep quiet. Yeah, same. Absolutely, just keep quiet and think I deserve what I'm getting right now. Yeah. It's like, no. I mean, therapy helps a lot yeah. with that. <laughs> I don't know when I got a backbone, but yeah. eventually I just kind of went, you know what, screw you. Yeah, well, good. I'll tell you when it was, actually. I do yeah. know. <laughs> I do know. Um, I'm, I'm promoting jujitsu all the time on this. Do on it. this. Do but it. it's the second I actually went and started doing class because I kind of always had this thought of, I don't really want to punch you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then I kind of thought, I don't know how to punch. Yeah. <laughs> So now I do this martial arts all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put you in your place. Yeah. And if you want to take it further, yeah, you just, know, let's I, watch what happens. I love that because I started boxing Yes. in LA, like probably two years ago, I really got into it. And it just like randomly, I just randomly was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. And coming back to Sydney, I've kind of fallen away from it. And literally today I went and found a boxing gym and like signed up because I was like, I need it back in my life. Because exactly that. I'm like, I need to punch things. Yeah. Like it's But it just internal. gives you this confidence yeah. to know that if you step in and you 
verbally stand for your ground. You just stand your ground, mm. period. Mm. Someone tries to diminish you, you just stand up straight and yeah. you say, excuse me. Yeah. You know that if you're not going to throw down, in no <laughs> way, shape or form, it's going to get well, physical. Sad, like. No way, shape or form, it's going to get like that. <laughs> yeah. But there's this robustness to yeah. you that you're able to actually stand up and control a situation. And yeah. just knowing that is just so empowering. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think what I... Downstairs is like jumping up and down and all my paintings are making noise. Love it. Um, yeah, what I loved about boxing, I think, is that there's so much grace within the strength uh. that comes in that sport and like translating that into just like how I hold myself in life mm-hmm. has been, yeah, such a gift I didn't even know I needed until I found it. Do you find it, it helps you as well when you are stressed and you're trying to solve a problem? Because um, the way I see, like most martial arts, are uh, teaching people to not only defend yourself but to work through problems. Mm. So you know, very different. But with jujitsu, you're rolling on the floor, and it's like mm. a chess game. You move, I move. You move, I move. Mm. Who's going to manipulate each other the best? So I find that when I'm smashed with a problem in life, like a deadline, I don't panic or worry mm. because. My brain is already thinking, I just got to breathe and I'll get through this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's very poetic. I think that's the same with boxing too. And just how you said about breath too. Like breath is literally everything. Mm. And that reminder, even just how it's connected to your nervous system, right? Like when your nervous system gets up here, it's just like breathe and it brings it back down. And so grounding, I think with boxing too, it helps. Like I'm such a like floaty yeah up in the clouds person so it like helps me to kind of pull myself back down and like be in my body and like connected to what's going on internally and like grounding myself again Um, which of course is very important when you're making decisions or have deadlines or are in big negotiations or you know whatever it is yeah Um, and you also know you can take the punches yeah Yeah. Yeah. Suck it up, take it and just keep going. Yeah. And let it kind of wash off you and like, let's just move on. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to be like, everyone, do some sort of martial arts. Yeah. Right. Just go hit things. Yes. Just not people. That's so good. Yeah. Not people. Things. Unless they've also got gloves (laughs) and gear and they're into it. Yeah. And there's like a a ref and and there's a controlled environment. (laughs) Then go off. Go for it. Go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So, (coughs) God. So how's, um, you know, I was going to ask you about the name of the company and how you actually did that. Yeah. So that. What does it mean? That is, it came from, two of the guys came up with it. Um, and I think it's, they're very poetic art making people and I love them. Um, but it is about kind of the three of us being internationals and this like idea of Hollywood and it's like glamorous and beautiful and like it's one of the things that all of us agreed on when we first got to Hollywood that it's like actually disgusting. It's disgusting. I <laughs> It's so gross. Loved it and hated it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, like Holly I used to live right near Hollywood Boulevard and I used to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Cuz it's just gross and like I don't want anything to do with it. But it's this how they present Hollywood is just so glamorous and beautiful. Yeah. Um and Los Angeles doesn't exist is about like looking at what is underneath, like defacing this mask that is Los Angeles yeah. and actually really looking at the brokenness 
you know, the homeless population um, that is ginormous and out of control. Um, yeah, it's escalated to a whole nother level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just looking at real people that make up Los Angeles and not this like idea of this glitz and glamour that doesn't even exist. It's all an illusion. Mm. And so, yeah, that's really what it's about and yeah, kind of the story. That's what I read into it. And I was like, yeah. I hope I'm right. Yeah, well, there you go. You're right. So good. <laughs> but like, so you're very much champion social justice as well. But has that kind of stemmed from your time in LA or have you always had that kind of in you? I think both. I think it was kind of always in me, but I didn't realize it until going to LA and just meeting so many different people from different walks of life, different parts of the world and like different experiences and just people that are so different from me and getting to just like sit and listen to people's stories just like opened up this part of myself that I've always had a heart for people and always had such a passion for like I think the saying is like if you want to know what your calling is like look at what makes you angry Mm. and I think I've like injustice has always been something that has always like hit like the deepest parts of my soul Um, but I think it wasn't until LA that that kind of got unlocked I feel like uh, what's the the smelting pot? Like LA is that yeah. place where all of the, the recent years yeah. it, the the extremes have happened. You've yeah. got the border crisis basically on your doorstep, the homelessness, yeah. the lawlessness. Whether that's because police have gone, hey, I'm yeah. not going to arrest anybody now, and people are just getting away with whatever they want. Mm. But um, you're kind of right in the middle of it. So yeah. there's going to be so many stories that you can not in stories, but your eyes are going to go. Yeah. They're going to open wide. Oh, yeah, especially through everything, like the pandemic and then the um, Black Lives Matter movement that rose up in 2020 was like, I think, you know, such a huge realisation for me, you know, living a very privileged life and like very naive to so many things that kind of were revealed to me that this is people's reality that I just had no idea about. Something that I kind of, I mean, this is going off topic and hopefully mm. we'll, we'll get back to <laughs> social justice. Like I've noticed within, say, any of these things, Black Lives Matter and everything else, there's people that hijack it. Mm. They, they jump on board and they, whether or not it's like all lives matter or people were screaming Black Lives Matter, but then they kind of twist it for their own thing and it's like that's not what it was ever about what are you doing yeah and um then that causes so much divide yeah so much divide and people just can't rationalize themselves or calm down but then again you're in the heart of la where that's happening yeah and suddenly you find yourself losing friends yeah potentially alone with all of this sort of stuff yeah. you're hearing these amazing stories you know it's kind of a mind fuck yeah oh completely I went through it like it was a really hard time I think um for a lot of people yeah. you know I mean even just the pandemic like 5,000 people a day I think were dying in the peak of everything um yeah it, it was a lot to kind of wrestle with daily um 
<laughs> I forgot my train of thought. Ask the question again. <laughs> <laughs> no, just it's just it's been a passive struggle. So, but in terms of championing stuff, so what is on your agenda for yourself in terms of a film that you want to see created, and what's it going to champion? I love real people's stories. One of my like all-time favorite executive producers is Devon Franklin, mm. um, and he's very known for taking. He did um, Breakthrough with Chrissy Metz, um, which was a true story, and um, yeah, I I love. I think that was something that hit me in LA. Like so many news stories just coming out everywhere, and looking at how deeply just like the story on a news of something that happened to someone, how deeply that impacted me and realizing, well, how much more could like a film about this do? Yeah. Um, and I really do believe that film is one of the greatest mediums to invoke empathy and to invoke change in people. Like it's literally immortal, like film doesn't die. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I want to tell like real people's stories. Um, and yeah, get their stories out there, but also hopefully lead people into maybe thinking a bit differently or, you know, I think something we don't do enough is just like sit and like listen to each other. And I would love to be able to do that with a film. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a fun one to try and navigate. Yeah. God, you have your work cut out for you. Yeah, definitely. What I mean by that is like, how are you going to tell it? Yeah. In what format is it going to be in? You know, is it going to be feature film length? Is it mm. going to be documentary? Is it going to be a docudrama? Mm. Is it going to be short film? Keep people's attention. Yeah. Hit home your thought processes. It's so exciting. Like, that's why I love making film because yeah. each one can be different. Yeah. Even if you look at the same social problem, there's so many ways of attacking it. Yeah, completely. And it's never boring. No, like never. for us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it might be for the audience. Doesn't matter about anyone. Else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it will be. I think whatever yeah. you do, it's going to be great. Well, thank you. What do you think your biggest obstacle for yourself has been in terms of getting out of your own way? Oh God, so many things. I mean, you said it. Getting out of my own way, right? Yeah, I seriously. Trusting myself has been a big thing. Like trusting like my intuition about like a person or a project or a story or I mean this last film that I just did with Cristal, mm. it was literally a random idea that like fell into my head. I got back from LA in January and was such a hot mess. It was being back in Sydney and had no clue and it just was it was a nightmare. Um and I just literally had this idea of a story that I like frantically just wrote a word doc. I was like, well, I don't know what this is, but I'll do something with it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just following that intuition of when to tell the story and how to tell it. And even just how it came about that I directed it. I was like, oh, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing Yeah. right now. So um, how good is it that a person that dropped out? Someone dropped out, right? Yeah, so we had, Christelle was originally um, directing. Mm. And when I first had the idea, like when I first saw it, um, saw the story, like I always imagined Christelle as the role. Yeah. And 
then when I took it to her and was like, do you want to direct or act? Like, I'll leave it up to you. And she was like, no, I think I want to direct. So I was like, okay, cool. So we then had to find an actress and the actress dropped out, pulled out. Fabulous. Yeah, I love it. Like two weeks before um, we went into production. What a shit. Yeah. And um, had a conversation with Crystal where Crystal kind of had a revelation of her own that like acting was the main thing that she really wanted to do. She directs and writes too. Um, And I just was like, you're meant to act in this, which means it's me directing. You get to direct. (laughs) Um, What was the the most nerve wracking thing about directing for your first time? I think like being the one steering the ship, like being like the leader. Like I, a part of what I love about producing is like, you're kind of the one in the corner just on your laptop. Like, and when it comes to production, as a producer, you kind of get to chill. Like your work is all before and then afterwards, but in the production, you're just kind of like, it's the director's baby at that point. Mm. Um, But directing, it was, I had to be the one that everyone was looking to and making decisions. And I felt very lucky that, you know, surrounded with a great crew and a great DOP. Um, he was incredible and he really helped kind of navigate things for me where I was like, you know, I didn't go to film school. I don't know. <laughs> like, you just choose yeah. and explain <laughs> like, it to me. Teach yeah, me. I know what's happening. Um, so, yeah, definitely felt very blessed um, to be surrounded by really good people and a really good team. Um, that helped me navigate all those moments where just like everyone looks to you for an answer and you're like, ah, I just want to be a little introvert and go hide in the corner right now. Cool. Oh, so you're an introvert as oh, well? Oh, massively. Really? Yeah. I am as well. People don't like that, but don't believe me. I'm really? like, I'm, I'm an introvert, extro- yeah. extrovert apparently. I'm both. Yeah. You know, just give me a, if, whenever I'm at a party mm. and there's like a lot of people, it's like the first time you've ever seen me quiet. I'll just be there by myself. Yeah. And people think I hate everyone. I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just chilling. I'm just chilling. I'm good. Yeah. Whereas if it's just you and me. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love you. I'm welcome. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of the same too. I'm like the most extroverted introvert you can be before you become an extrovert. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get it completely. Sense. Yeah. But like. It's funny because I used to be an actor, but I like hate. It's different when you put being, on a costume. Yeah, it's not me. Yeah. But like if you put me like up on a stage or in the center or on, you know, in the spotlight, I'm like, no, like I'm just going to go sit in the corner now. Like I'm good. Yes. <laughs> Karen McPhee. I'll say McPhee. God, I don't know why I've never said your last name before. Wait, I don't even. What's your last name? Langley. Langley. Alexander yeah, Langley. Langley. Kara McPhee, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me on the show.